Magic.me is the world's greatest school for magic, meditation, and mysticism. You can learn everything there from chaos magic to hermeticism to meditation to how to supercharge your finances and take absolute control of your destiny. In short, you get all of the tools you need to turn chaos into beautiful, scintillating order and master your life. It's incredible. You've probably heard me talk about it on the show quite a lot, but check it out. It's growing fast. And I just want to say, if you're confused about where to start, because I have so many courses there, the Adept Initiative is the place to go. The Adept Initiative is the flagship course on magic.me, and it contains everything you need to know to master the most profound ancient techniques of changing your consciousness and the most modern and cutting edge tools and systems for absolutely turning your life into a masterpiece. You are really going to dig it. Go check it out, and I will see you in class. It's magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. So I love the, uh, you're doing the car call. I end up doing these, yeah. actually. It's like the, sometimes the only way to get a quiet area. Actually, yeah. Yeah, that's why I just get a little bit of like privacy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So my question, so I've been doing the LBRP middle pillar um, meditation on a point, like seated asana, like still meditation on a point for about a year and a half now, uh, mostly daily. Okay, so you're you're sitting in a sauna, mm-hmm. doing the what? What was the stack that you were doing that you said? So I'll do LBRP followed by middle pillar, um, followed by basically seated on a meditation cushion. I stare at a single point. Um, oh, so just to be clear, you're standing for the ritual and then you're sitting. You're not doing it on the astral wall sitting. No, no, no. I'm still, I'm standing. Well, I'm standing facing east during the middle pillar. Uh, I mean, during the LBRP, west during the middle pillar, and then I turn back east and I sit down. Why are you facing west in the middle pillar? Um, I'm working out of a book called uh, Kabbalah, Magic, and the Great Work of Transformation, of Self-Transformation. It's supposed to be Golden Dawn. Uh, Who's the author? Liam Thomas Christopher. I've never heard of him. No, it uses, it uses Regardi as a textbook. So we, I, this is interesting. This came up in the last call. Uh, Rigardi, um, Rigardi came up with that ritual. It's not an original Golden Dawn ritual, um, mm-hmm. and it. Uh, in we talked about. I recommend checking out the recording. Um, it only uses well. Obviously, it only uses the middle pillar, and then it, it uses an energetic model of the Sephira that. Well, okay, look, if it, it's a good ritual, right? It can get you really, really high. It can get, it's, it, it's probably the best ritual in that stack, at least that Rigardi added. Mm-hmm. Outside of the, so the pentagram rituals are very precise and scal- uh, scalpular, if that's a word, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, with scalpel precision working with energy. 
the middle pillar, okay, they say it raises energy. What does that really mean? It gets you really, 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 really um, high. And it, 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 once you do it, particularly as you get the vibrations going, it changes your consciousness very, very dramatically. Um, the question is more long-term maintenance and protection of the energetic body, which is talked about extensively in the Indian yogic tradition and things like uh, the, the whole phenomenon of raising Kundalini. There's a good book I think I've recommended on this call before, but I'm going to recommend it again called Kundalini Rising, which is a collection of writing from spiritual practitioners and medical professionals and psychologists, you know, Western psychologists and all this on the Kundalini phenomenon, which has uh, gone through some phases of, of achieving more recognition within at least the fringes of mainstream, of, of, fringes of mainstream psychology. But a lot of that book addresses um, that what happens when people push too hard too fast. And there's a phrase that somebody came up with, which I actually don't like, called Kundalini syndrome, which I think is a terrible uh, phrase because it, it implies so much it implies so much baggage but long story short i mean people people will constantly be raising their energy and then they'll get a little blown out and they'll get loopy and if you've ever been around like drug casualties or new age blowouts you know the time uh -huh. so so the whole point of energy raising is that it needs to be done a little bit at a time consistently and, and it needs to be capacitated mm -hmm. if there is one word that you need to understand not just for energy work but magic as an entire path, it is capacitation. So we were just talking about working with the elements and the planets. Those are little bit by little bit at a time. Okay. Middle pillar is the same, and then it's this obvious, and it imply, applies times 10 or times 50 for Enochian, which is extremely high, um, high yield, energy yield. It's a, it's a real phenomenon. You can truly feel it. Awesome. I think you're like answering my question before I even ask. <laughs> like, this okay. is like really good. Great. Yeah. So... So capacitation, right? So one of the things about when you read traditional magical sources like um, that, that work with the Golden Dawn system or, or Crowley system, they talk about the grades, right? Yeah. You come across as like Zelator and Adeptus Minor, Adeptus Major and all things like that. So here's the best way. So people get obviously real hung up on this because it becomes a hierarchy thing and, oh, I'm a greater magician because I'm a greater grade. It's like, okay, we, let's pare down what, that, what the grades really are. Um, and it's not like, you know, you're not inducted into some eyes wide shut thing on, you know, like what, what's a grade? A grade is one's ability to capacitate energy, hmm. right? So um, I know this is a very common uh, mistake that early practitioners make, which is they go through the material and they go through it as fast as possible. They'll go through, okay, I got the rituals. I got the elements. I did the weapons I did. So now I'm working with spirits. Now I'm working with gods. Now I'll, oh shit, like all this crazy shit. And I'm going to cross the abyss, right? And that's usually the next thing they do at the age of 23, shortly after they've discovered like power noise music, right? So um, now these are all stages that need to occur, right? But the, the thing that people don't realize is that touching a state of consciousness is not the same as capacitating it, right? So it is very easy to cross the abyss for about five minutes, right? Um, and it is easy to attain to ferret states, you know, state, you know, we've all had to ferret state, any, any moment of where you feel that of um, even momentary 
spiritual transcendence or a momentary feeling of oneness or connection with God by any other name, whatever it is to you, right? Like we've all had these little flashes throughout our lives, right? Many, many times people have them much more when they're children than it dies off, right? So um, that's Tefereth, that's Tefereth consciousness. But there's a very, very, very big difference between touching a state of consciousness, which is touching Tefereth and then capacitating it and stabilizing it. So it's capacitation and stabilization so that you can stably experience that state of consciousness without, um, without it being drama, right? Or without blowing something up or without your life falling apart, or without it being traumatic. So, so to attain to the, the grade of, so for instance, to attain to the grade of um, Zelator, right? To truly attain it means that actually not to Zelator, but Practicus, which is past Zelator, but, but to, to mass, let's say to master the grade of Zelator, you need to stably at any point whatsoever, go into the astral plane and go wherever you want, and then come back and then go have a cup of tea and get on with your day without it being a huge thing, right? So that's the astral. And then the same with Tefereth. It's like, you know, these states are capacitated. And then let alone once we get to the supernal states, which are, you know, again, like Kether, right? It's like people, people will take MDMA or they'll have some experience of enlightened consciousness or they'll have a no-mind experience. So their mind stop for three minutes or three seconds, right? And then they'll decide that they're enlightened and start a podcast. Right. It's like, <laughs> and I'm saying this with compassion, right? It's like, but it, it just people need to, one of the themes that I always come back to the, to in these sessions is that, and everything I do, you know, even appearances I do on other people's things is that we're in this moment in our culture where we're reopening this world. There's a, there's a science to it. Not, it's not scientific, but there's an empirical, empirical step-by-step method. And there, there are, not rules, but there are very clear guidelines that are laid down. It's like you can go to the gym and just start picking things up and throwing them around and hitting yourself, hitting yourself in the head with them, or you can actually follow, you know, exercise science, right? And you'll get uh, safe results without hurting yourself. It's the same with magic. So, so same with Kether, right? It's like people have these little experiences and say, "Oh, I'm enlightened." It's like you have no idea. You have no idea what you're talking about. You know, you're not even in the temple, right? So. Um, you know, the, what, but let's say, what's the difference in terms of capacitation? You know, what's the difference between somebody who for a brief moment of, let's say, 30 seconds or, you know, five minutes on MDMA has an experience of, or, or, or other substances has some experience of enlightened consciousness, it's very possible for anyone, or, or through some other experience. And what's the difference between them and Ramana Maharshi? Well, there's no difference. And Vedanta, you know, Advaita Vedanta people say, oh, there's no difference, right? Or, or Neo-Vedanta people will say there's no difference. Everyone is in, enlightened. And yes, that's, that's in theory, true in a sense, in as much as everyone contains enlightened consciousness. But what's the difference? The difference is one is capacitated and stabilized that state of consciousness, right? That's, you know, then now we're talking about the grades of obsessiveness and beyond, right? So, so... But you can't, but the reason, so the great gift of the Western magical tradition, as opposed to the Eastern traditions, is it allows you a step-by-step way to capacitate and work with each energy in sequence, right? So it's just a little bit at a time, um, and then it adds up. So, um, so that, that you're actually, I think, giving a lot of context to the question I was going to ask. Um, so that stack that I was describing 
in the book that I was working from, that I'm working from, it uh, that's like the neophyte grade. I don't know if that's the actual neophyte grade, but that's how it's described. And it's supposed to be this. You describe the neophyte grade? Middle pillar. Uh, there's a bunch of reading and there's middle pillar. I mean, uh, LBRP, middle pillar, and then seated meditation, 20 minutes still focus, single point of focus. So that's a, that's a basic practice curriculum that almost yeah. every writer on magic has been giving in every single Llewellyn book since the dawn of time, right? But and I've been, oh, sorry. But um, a couple of caveats. One is you should not be facing West during the middle pillar. I don't know where that came from. Um, stay, stay facing East, right? Okay. Um, I don't know where he got that from. It's not, there's no reason to do that. Um, the, um, the second is that what this, I don't know who this guy is, but what he's written, he's, he's rehashing stuff. The grade of neophyte is not, it may be, a lot of times people will say, oh, this is neophyte in my curriculum. It's like, mm -hmm. Well, go, you just, just go back to the original, go back, get Rigardi's Golden Dawn book and go back to the original source and do the actual curriculum instead of follow, following somebody else's version of it, right? Okay. This is, a standard, this is a standard thing because basically what happened is that Rigardi put out that book in the, Rigardi broke his oath with the Stella Matatina branch of the Golden Dawn in the 30s, the New Zealand branch, uh, the Falcon branch, and he released all the gray papers of that order and so people don't actually people don't actually understand that it wasn't the actual original golden dawn gray papers he released it was the stella matutina gray papers he released which was the last surviving golden dawn temple but we're, we don't know for sure um what the um, you know what was changed right but it's it's you know it's a good curriculum regardy then elaborated on a lot of that basically mm -hmm. what you get in the golden dawn gray papers is you get you you get the text of the initiations up to adeptus major which is really as far adeptus minor, and they only initiated up to that level. And then those are like Masonic style initiations. So they're interesting to read. Uh, then you get the five knowledge lectures, which gives you the basics of Kabbalah and Tarot and Geomancy and all this stuff. Uh, and then, so it's the homework, it's the learning. And then at adeptus minor, you get the ritual stack, which is, you know, the pentagram rituals. And then you build and consecrate basic magical tools. and they've thrown in a little bit of meditation and things like that, but it's like real, it's like fourfold breath. It's like super basic. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, so it's like a lot of intellectual overhead and not a lot of actual ritual material. But then after that, then you get the Z2 papers mm -hmm. across this. Not the Z2. I don't know what that is. So the Z2 paper, the Z1, Z2, or the Z papers, the Z1, Z2, and Z3 papers outline the Golden Dawn script for doing magic. Right. So once you have all this stuff, the pentagram rituals and the uh, the wep elemental weapons, then the Z two, particularly the Z two papers. Okay. So the Z one papers give the theory of how to use these to do magic. The Z two give outlines of how to construct rituals, and then the Z three papers are examples of rituals that you could construct using what's called the formula of the neophyte, which is the, the, the formula that is. It's the formula formula of consecrating something. And so, and but it can be unpacked to, and I haven't talked about this before. It can be unpacked to do things, everything from divination to evocation, meaning uh, working with spirits, divination, meaning working with the tarot specifically, uh, to even alchemy. And there's all these different things that one can do with the the formula of the neophyte, the Z two formula. Mm -hmm. 
Rigardi and the Z3 paper, what's called the Z3 papers, and I think there were further Z papers, um, Rigardi used these to make sample rituals, which are full of Rigardi, you know, overblown. They're full of all this unnecessary language, but, you know, you, you can do them. They're interesting. There's also the, the most important one is the, there's one for contacting the higher self that's in the Z2 papers, which is extremely, possibly the most important thing in the entire Golden, Golden Dawn corpus. So, um, so Rigardi, so as Rigardi, when Rigardi published this, he added a bunch of his own editorializing, and then he added a bunch of rituals that he had come up with based on the Z2 formula, and I, the middle pillar is one of them. It actually wasn't in the Golden Dawn, but he published it in one of his later books. So those are sample rituals that Rigardi created in the 50s. Okay. Right, they're not original Golden Dawn rituals. They're ideas of what you can do with the Golden Dawn formula. So I, it's the middle pillar that's been giving me trouble. Um, it's something I only noticed. I only notice because I keep a journal. Uh, but, you know, occasionally I'll have a day where I don't have an hour and 20 minutes to do like a ritual stack. And I'll do an LBRP and I'll miss the middle pillar. And then the next day I feel brain cloud. And if I miss the second day, I feel like I'm going through caffeine withdrawal. Like I'll literally feel like a, like I'll take a nap for like four hours in the middle of the day. Or like, and I only noticed that pattern because of like magical record because I keep the journal, and I'm, I don't know. It's like it's like the middle pillar has been the sticking point because it takes it takes me a half hour. It adds like it adds a it adds a big a big step to my ritual stack, and I feel like I, like if I were to stop it, if I were to like you know move on to a different system, I'd have to like do that entirely, like you know remove the middle pillar entirely from my practice because I can't do it you know i can't do it every other day i feel a weird energetic effect from it and it feels very physical um mm -hmm. yep and i don't know if that's my imagination but it doesn't feel like my imagination Not your imagination okay so mm -hmm. go ahead sorry so it makes you tired it, it makes it makes me like brain cloud the first day and then like i literally thought it was a caffeine withdrawal the first few times it happened <laughs> like it literally felt like yeah it's interesting. So I, I recommend um, uh, watching, going back on the site and watching the recording of last, last, uh, our last session. We talked about the middle pillar a lot. This is coming up. So, okay, the key of the middle pillar is the, the vibratory formula, right? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so point the first is magic can, you can do magic ritual all day long, right? Magic can take over your life. Mm -hmm. as, mine, as you can see so um, it's not it's not an ideal state right for not for everyone right so um but uh, magic particularly as you get good at these rituals i mean like you get like when you do things doing things in like the middle pillar of pranayama you get you like you you don't care like you're so high that it's like the war it's like why do anything else mm -hmm. you know, beautiful state but it's hard to you can't sustain it um I mean, you know, it, depending on, on how one's life is constructed, this is why you get all these, this is why we have all these stories of people who are banished to caves and mountains and hermitages and things like that. So they can do it all day long. Although in my opinion, that's not what the world needs right now. Oh, well, maybe not. I don't want to, I don't want to editorialize about that. Some people can do that. Very few seem to truly be able to. Most people, most of us um, are in the situation of having to balance it with our the real world not the uh, this is less real than that world is more real than this one okay
okay? But the um, ba uh, balance it with a SIA, bal balance it with mat our material duties. People have said, talked about this quite a bit. They said this has something to do with the aeonic condition or the yugas, you know, that we live in. The more ignorance that if we live in the Kali Yuga, or the Tapura Yuga, the more spiritual ignorance and darkness there is, the less people are able to, you know, the more materially bounded people are, right? Um, I don't want to, this is all, we now enter the realm of mythology. So I, it's, it's not, I like to, uh, to be practical instead of thinking about mythological systems because there's so many that you can use to look at things. Practically speaking, in this culture, it's very hard to do, uh, you know, certainly more than an hour a day and maintain, uh, you know, a, a work, relationship, family duties, health, upkeep, cleaning the house, taking yeah, it's, it's it's a real like uh, it's just like having like a girlfriend that I have to explain to her like I no 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 I need to do my my I call it my meditation ritual I need to do it today you know I start to get like like fuzzy fuzzy in the brain I'm like I need to do it today you don't understand it's like a yeah the key with that one all the way by the way is just to focus on how calm like demonstrate how calm it makes you and and like uh, uh, show the emotional benefits to the relationship rather than well in the adeptus minor grade of the <laughs> degree of the decanate of it don't don't do that shit not in real not in a relationship <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's the key to that. It's very this was very can be very very beneficial to a relationship, right? As long and but again, that is the space where capacitation and stabilization becomes even more important. Because when you're single, you can be a crazy fuck, right? You can be like what I you know it's like I spent so many years doing. Like, oh well, I'm gonna fucking go to Iceland now. I'm gonna you know like I'm gonna like you know, just do an Okean for like twenty days. That's like you know in context of a relationship, let alone a family and certainly a career very hard to do that right which is good that is good it helped these things these structures are um it helps stabilize people and uh, the there's particularly hippies and the eastern mystic culture in the 60s they had this idea oh we're going to drop out of society and society's repressing me man no it's like it's there it's a structure it's a scaffolding there when it's working properly when it is healthy when it is healthy Right. There are certainly unhealthy aspects of the control structure of society, but there are also healthy aspects of it. When um, society is a scaffolding for stable for stabilizing people, like those things, those adult responsibilities stabilize you. That's really good. You know, you don't want to be, well, at least I don't want to be, you know, 60 and like wearing robes and like, you know, running. It's like, Jesus Christ. You know, it's like, like one of the things that I, I continually try to impress on people is that what I'm, what I'm doing and what, what we are trying to do collectively here is stabilize Western magic as a spiritual tradition in the West, right? In the same way that we're talking about stabilization and capacitation, what am I doing? I'm attempting to stabilize and capacitate magic as a cultural structure within this culture, right? Mm -hmm. That's actually going kind of good, knock on wood, right? But we're doing that by stabilizing it, and we're doing that by stabilizing one person at a time, right? And a better way to put that is, I am more interested in, or what I impress upon my students is be normal, right? Be, be normal. Be, and by what, what I mean by that is, you know, whatever your career is, be good at it. Be good at your relationship. Be, you want to be, you want to be the pillar of your community, not the weird goth guy you know not like the outcast of the community right you want to be the pillar of the community that's how the tradition is stabilized right that's how it becomes a functional living healthy uh, uh, benefit to society instead of a drain on society um 
anyways, I could talk about that quite a, quite a, a lot, and I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent with that, but I think you get the idea. So, so, um, so the reason I was like attaching myself to like a, a Golden Dawn style curriculum is because I really want to like you know I'm trying to balance myself as a person. I'm trying to achieve like some sort of whatever enlightenment. I don't know. I'm, I'm just drawn to this. I'm drawn to this kind of work. And I like the structure of the Golden Dawn that it's like, you know, I don't really give a shit about the names of the grades, but I, you know, once I'm not you like, understand you know, what they are, it becomes useful. But until that point, it's, it's, yeah. No, I just mean, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like in a rush to get to Theoricus. I'm not like, you know, trying to like jump grades. I'm just trying to have a strict order of like work to like make it very practical and very like, you know, clear in front of me. But at, so at the same time, the middle pillar ritual seems to be doing the opposite for me where it's like kind of messing with me energetically and like, okay. so where would you? All right. So enough, of, been... enough of my interminable circular rambling. Let's cut straight through this. Right. Okay. So what, <laughs> no, the, the, the reason that um, it, it's raising, you're, you're doing, you're oscillating fast. Right. Right. It's like the middle pillar raises energy really quick. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're coming down. Right, so you're raising energy, and then you're coming, you're sinking back down. Yeah, obviously, if you don't do it, you're gonna say the middle pillar yanks up your consciousness through the middle pillar towards Tefereth and higher. Mm. Right, and um, it it raises your. I hate to use New Age language. It raises your vibration, right? But the great conceit of both monotheistic religion and its New Age forms. Are that is that higher is better, right? Higher is not necessarily better. Higher is just different. It's a different frequency of the um, of the spectrum. So, for instance, right now, like so, I've been obsessing over um, audio, um, and so it's like when you're working on audio, you're looking at a free, you know, the audible human hearing range is 20 hertz, which you can't even hear, to like mm -hmm. 40, 60 hertz, which which is like to 20,000 hertz. So 20 um, kilohertz, which most people can't hear unless the teenagers can hear it. And then past that, only dogs can hear it. So, but, you know, the high ends of the fre frequency are just like, mm, I can't even do it, right? Like, you know, it's just like a, a tiny point. And then like, but and somewhere in there, you get at the bottom, you get to 200. It's, a, it's just like the kick drum. Doof, 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 doof. And then up at, I don't know, 15, 16 hertz is like, you know, the triangle. Ding, ding, ding. I can't even do it, you know, because my voice is too low. But I think you get the, it's like all the sh -sh 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 -sh, like percussion. And so it's like, so the, the analogy is, so for new age people, they think higher is better. And then just like, so they go, try to go straight to the top of the spectrum. And they're just like, it's just like they're hitting the cowbell, right? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine just someone like, like, uh, as af often happens when you go into new age stores, people just like shaking, like blowing pan pipes here and here and like shake, you know, hitting triangles and all this, you know, like wind chimes. It's, it's not endless wind chimes. It's like, well, that's no way to live a life, right? As is, you don't just want the kick drum, right? Because then, you know, so you need the whole spectrum, right? You need to balance the whole thing. And it's the same with Kabbalah. It's the same. And the great gift of Kabbalah. Uh, or the golden dawn version of Kabbalah is it allows you a, um, it allows you a structure to understand what you need, right? Because everyone, it's not like you, okay, and this is another misunderstanding. People think they go from one sphere, sphere to the next station to station, right? So it's like, Oh, I've mastered, I mastered, uh, 
Malkuth. So I'm over, I'm past Malkuth. Now I'm in Yasod. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sophisticated. You know, now I'm in a hood, you know, Yasod's for losers. You know? So it's not like that at all. You need all, all 10 operate all at the same time. You need that all those energies, the same with the elements and the sephiroths we were talking about earlier, that you, all of those spheres need to be operative and balanced. So every time, and this is another reason why people shouldn't rush to take grades. Well, you're already working on all these spheres all the time. You're just largely not even looked at it consciously. When you activate a sphere by taking the grade, it fully unlocks both. It, it supercharges it with energy, right? And when you, this is what people don't understand. When you supercharge something with energy, you supercharge the positive and the negative aspects at the same time. The same with Kundalini, right? So, so for instance, when one takes the, um, you know, so it's like there's positive and negative aspects of everything or the, or the day side and the night side aspects, right? So, so once you activate a sphere, it's like all of the, the issues that you have in that part of your life will be magnified, mm-hmm. right? And it's so that you have, because you, you have to bind that as well. So, so you can get it. So it's like, you, it's like opening up each one of those Sephiroth's Pandora's box, right? It's like opening up a great bit of divine energy, but then it also opens all the demons that are in there and the clephotic aspect of it. And by demons, I mean the unhealthy or the, the shit that's just not working, the shit that's broken, the shit that you, know, you don't have sorted out in that part of your life. That's why these fears take, can take years to work through each of them. So, um, so that's why you have to go slow because each one of these things has to be sorted. You know, you have to, you have to organize and clear. They're like, those are the folders of your life. You know, you have to organize and defrag those, fold, you know, it's like those folders. So, and get that shit sorted out. So people think about, you know, think people think about um, um, Nutsock, right? It's like, and they look at people look at Nutsock as a sphere of Venus, and they read all the writing about it, and they're like, oh, well, this is clearly the sphere where you learn to um, talk to do invocation and speak to gods and do devotional work. And cool, there's like, you're supposed to learn all these different things. It's like, but then you actually get to it, and it's like, no, it's like sort out all your fucking relationships. And, and you know, it's like all the Venus aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Love, yeah, you know, it's like relationship with other beings, you know, it's like, so that's just a very basic example. But th- these are, I hope that's helpful. And so, for the, so in the same way, the middle pillar, you know, these rituals work with these energy, these, the rituals work with these energies in a very microcosmic fashion. You get to work with them in the ritual space mm-hmm. so you understand what it is. But the rituals are, excuse me, the energies are active throughout not just your entire life, but the entire universe. Right. So, so, so the ritual is like, um, it's like a workbench or a, it's almost like a, I don't want to simulate, say simulation because it does actually affect the energies, but it's like, um, I'm, I'm blanking on what a good metaphor would be, but it's like a, space within which to look at those energies specifically right okay. but they don't only exist within the ritual they exist throughout the entire universe and always have right and they're not going to change they were there before you, you were born and they're going to be there after you died right people are going to be struggling with issues of venus or of hode or of malkuth or of tefereth until the end of human consciousness and and beyond right so anyways um so <laughs> again an interminable circular rambling but the what you what you're doing with the middle pillar is you're raising a lot of energy and not capacitating it. So two two points. One is as you get better, if you wish to continue doing the ritual, mm-hmm. as you get better at it, it will take you less time. 
Okay, that would be that's great to know because yeah, that, that's that's good to know because it's something I can feel if I rush it. Um, yeah. yeah, the effect just feels it just feels less by the end. I can feel yeah. I don't mean I don't like to be new agey about it, but it, there's a definite sensation to it, and it's real. Yeah. Right. If you're not imagining it. It's real. Right. So, and because of that, then you need to treat it with, with, as if it is real, right. Because it is right. So, um, so what that means is, um, as you get better at it, you just, just don't, I would just say, don't push it. Right. Like just ease into it. And it's like, okay, look, if you drink four Red Bulls one day, mm-hmm. how are you going to feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how are you going to feel the next day and the day after that? Right. It's like, so, you know, people oscillate and our culture encourages it, right? Because our culture is always demanding of people that they must um, perform at their absolute peak and beyond and beyond and to, to almost superhuman levels. And that they have to be on every day. If you work, a, uh, I don't know what um, area of work you're in, but for a lot of people, um, particularly who work office jobs, the trend in the last 10, 15, 20 years has been to downsize office staffs and get um, individual people to do multiple people's jobs for less money, right? And to suddenly be able to do that and not complain about it and be like, oh, like, you know, like you're helping out the team and like all this stuff. Um, and it, it's, it sucks, right? But because of that, and the people are able, expected to be able to capacitate that. Um, and, um, and people are pushed they're, they're pushed to be able to do that. And, um, and let alone people are encouraged. Oh, but, and you also have to have an active social life and all anyways. Uh, so, and family and all this, and, you know, women particularly are, are, you know, uh, are, are being, uh, are in a bind with this. So, um, as demonstrated by like the Sheryl Sandberg book, uh, Sheryl Sandberg book, lean in, people are always being pushed to do more. So for that reason, our culture encourages people to, constantly push themselves at levels that they can't capacitate so Mm. and so we have to be very careful about this because one of the reasons for the recent fad and interest in mindfulness and also Mm. spirituality is that people are looking at these things as a way to perform better but they're not they're they're contemplative traditions right they're they're anti-social in a way so anyways i would just say just go slow with it and make sure you capacitate it and that goes for everything in magic yeah, so turn down the energy a bit. I'm sorry, because uh, I know you have been, this has gone for quite a while, but um, I am not sure. I mean, I, under, I understand what you're saying with like the need to capacitate and to go slowly and to progress slowly with the energies that we're working with. But what are you recommending I do with this ritual? Because it doesn't seem like the kind of ritual that I can really change how I'm doing it. It's just something I have to go through slowly. And then if it's taking 30, 40 minutes, you know, I don't want to miss a day, but like the real world kind of calls me from time to time and it's hard to get that time apart. And then I just go through like that Red Bull withdrawal or like, um, what are you recommending I do to, to capacitate better, to, to better, more slowly move through this? Well, what I, what I, what I just recommended was practice it. So it takes you less time. And second, just turn down the energetic throughput turn down the energetic throughput so you're not pushing because you may just be pu- trying to push it to the absolute limit do that on the weekends okay. on our, you know, but 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 the um so you mean like during the actual like you know the feeling and the visualization of the energy circulate uh, circulating and like moving through the body you mean like just kind of 
don't push well, it so hard and just traditionally with that ritual, there's several repetitions of it. Yeah, so you mm-hmm. just turn that part down, or just you know, just 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 turn down the energetic throughput so that you can capacitate it better and go slower with it. The other thing is, I don't actually tell people to do the middle pillow, middle pillow ritual. Yeah, I've noticed right. that <laughs> so, because it's not an actual part of the original curriculum. It was tacked on later by Regardi, um, and there and I can just see that. Um, there are easy, it's easy for people, it's easy for people to get in this situation right now. If you take, so for instance, the situation, the situation that you're in right now, mm-hmm. if you can, um, there are certain people that when they just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, it's easy to get, just keep pushing them like things, energy raising techniques, like the middle pillar and, and just deciding to let everything else fall apart. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, fuck it. Why should I have other responsibilities? You know, just letting that stuff fall apart, but also doing that before the actual nervous system is prepared to handle it, right? How is the nervous system prepared to handle that energetic input? Yoga, right? Asana, pranayama, meditation, dharana, single point. That's why magic and meditation go together, right? The nervous system, you actually have to go through the purificatory processes of yoga in order to be able to properly capacitate that energy, right? And that that's kind of an ongoing upward spiral. but um, so that's why I don't tell people to do the middle pillar, right? It's not that I don't tell them not to, it's just that a, it's not actually part of the original curriculum and B, I don't want people necking themselves by just like pushing it as like pushing it to the limit and then blowing out their fuse. Right. So, um, and I don't think that would necessarily happen. It's just, at least in this case, it's hard for you to capacitate. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, it's hard for you to capacitate. Therefore, you need to insulate your wire better. How do you insulate your wire better? Well, one, you can run less current through it. Well, that's not actually insulated. So, so okay, let me back up. You, right now, you are attempting to run a shit ton of voltage through yourself. And you're having difficulties capacitating it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. This is true at every single level of magic, no matter what it is. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so this question applies to everything every, everyone on this call is doing right now. Okay, so how do you capacitate it? Number one, step back the start, run less current until you can handle it, right? Step back the current that you're running. Okay, so that means either modifying the ritual or just not, not putting so much force into it emotionally and spiritually. Um, step back the current, lower the signal. And uh, that may also include doing less rituals or spending less time a day on magic. For most people who work in the world, 30 days is fine. And, and once you start going higher than that, it becomes, it's, it's very easy for it to disrupt your life, uh, for, which some people enjoy. So step one, run less current. Step two, better insulate the wire. And the way that you better insulate the wire is with asana and pranayama and the practices of yoga as laid out in the hardcore meditation course on this mm-hmm. site. That's why I tell people to take the chaos magic course and the hardcore meditation course side by side, because chaos magic will open you up real fast, but it only opens you up to um, uh, self-selected things, you know, it's self-created, right? Whereas golden dawn magic now opens you up to pre-existing universal energies, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so now, so now people get the phenomenon that you're describing where they're getting hit with something tangible and real. Like, oh shit, that's real. Yeah, it's real, right? Yeah. Um, so chaos magic is as well, but it's just, it's a different, you know, it's, it's, um, it's self-created rather than tapped into. Right? Gotcha. So, so it's less, um, 
you know, energetic influx always destabilize. If you run more energy through something, it's, something's always going to blow if it's not insulated or it's always destabilizing. Right. And that's good in the same way that I said, when you take, when you take a grade, then you have to stabilize that aspect of your life. And that's extremely healthy. That's the whole great work. That's the whole point. You need to be made aware of the points where things are not working so that you can make them work. And um, so it's the same with this. It's the same at every level. So insulate the wire. You insulate the wire with yoga as, and I've laid all that out in the hardcore meditation course. So for you, I think those would be my recommendations. One is step, step down the energetic output, do less, do, do it less intensely, um, and also study it so it takes you less time. Uh, and if you do it with less intensity, like less repetitions, it will take you less time. Gotcha. Yeah. Who is focus on make sure you're doing asana and, and doing your yoga practices from hardcore meditation every day. And three is um, actually follow the actual Golden Dawn curriculum instead of whoever this guy is. Now, I don't know who he is. He may be on point. He may not be. I've never heard of him. When it comes to the Golden Dawn, here's, what I, here's my final point about the Golden Dawn. The Golden Dawn is the source. It's like the source fountain of all Western magic. And what that means is every single writer on magic since 1904, when the order fell, or 1905 and the, 1906 and the Horos Affair, ever since the fall of the Golden Dawn, and particularly ever since Rigardi's book was released, every, you know, prior to Rigardi's book being released, every single occult writer was writing about Golden Dawn techniques. That means Fortune, uh, Dion Fortune, Alistair Crowley, all these people, they were writing about Golden Dawn magic. And then in Crowley's case, he added some things from the OTO, which existed before him. Then once the Rigardi book was released, then they could talk about these things in public. So uh, it was, they were no longer writing circuitously, but what's happened is every single book since then is basically just watered down Golden Dawn. That includes every single Golden Dawn book uh, or every single ceremonial magic, you know, for beginners book. And largely to a large extent includes chaos magic because it's kind of just the remixed version of the Golden Dawn anyways. So what takeaway Go to the source, actually study the original thing. Why get it secondhand? Why get it filtered through somebody who didn't understand the system potentially or didn't understand parts of it, right? Go, go to the source, get the book, right? It's been, there's a new version uh, edited by John Michael Greer, who's an extremely reputable source. So, you know, that's, that's what I would say. And then um, you don't need to do the middle pillar at all. But if you like it, um, and there's a lot, lots to like about it, then, then do it in that way. I did the middle, middle pillar a lot. When I was younger, it's extreme, and but I also could not capacitate it into my life. But the the real you, I'm sorry, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't work with any of the elements. It's not it's not part of the elemental grades. It's uh, it seems to be like working with Kether. I mean, it, it seems to be well, yeah. worse than little pillar, you know, Kether to Ferreth, well, Kether yeah. Both, right to to Ferreth, Yasod yeah. Malkuth. Um, the benefit to the middle pillar, and I think the original reason why he came up with it. I could be wrong. The benefit of the middle pillar is it, ra- it raises a tremendous amount of energy prior to doing another ritual. So yeah, okay. one were to stick it into a ritual stack, one would do um, pentagrams, hexagrams, then the middle pillar, if one needed it, and then whatever ritual you were actually going to do. So you were all, you were dialed in, right? Like your energy was raised and you're like, you know, it's, so it's a, it's a Gnostic ritual. It's a, produce, it's a ritual for producing Gnostic states. Gotcha. It may not even necessarily, so maybe that's a better use for it than doing it on a daily basis. However, 
when one does it on a daily basis, similar to the pentagram and hexagram rituals, one is able to slowly understand and capacitate the energy, which is quite useful at the beginning stages so that you can really rip it open when you need it. So the, an analogy would be slowly practicing chords and scales on a guitar so that when you plug it into the amplifier, you don't sound terrible, you know, and you can put through a lot of energetic output without, without making it good, making it sound like you know what you're doing. Anyways, I'm, I'm just rambling. I'm just repeating myself at this point. So I'm just Yeah, this was really helpful. Thank you so much. Thanks for the time with this question. This I really needed this. So thank you. You're welcome. It's interesting. It came, we talked about this almost for the same amount of, same amount of time last session as well. So maybe that's the only office hours I haven't listened to yet. Okay, great. Uh, that's impressive that you went back and listened to all of them. There's like, like 60 hours of content or something. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of like my car listening while I'm driving during the day. So it's oh, like, yeah, a lot of great stuff. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Well, great to meet you. Thank you. I hope good luck Thank with it. Um, yeah. Uh, and check back in if you need it.